Hey guys, and welcome back to Culture Plus Kingdom and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I am your host, Tamara. I am excited to announce our podcast can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yay, yay, more platforms for you guys to tune in. Also, today is our first interview. I'll be interviewing Miss Antoinette Davis. Miss Antoinette is an author. And this episode is long. We had such a good time um, doing the interview. Everything just flowed. Like, it was just organic. It was awesome. So, the episode is two hours long. So, actually, it's cut up into three different segments. So, the first segment that you guys are here, to, are here today is just the beginning of the interview. Um, it's just going to jump right into it because it's pre-recorded. And um, the only part that's cut off is just of Miss Antoinette just, um, you know, saying hi. But basically, the rest of the ma- majority of the interview is there. So just to get into the bio of Miss Antoinette, in 2009, Antoinette stepped out on faith and started her own business for selling artwork. A friend at the time asked her to write poetry for some of the artwork she was selling. And from there, the writer in her was birthed. In 2010, she started writing poetry on bookmarkers, journals, planners, and put together her first poetry book that included a CD of Antoinette has self-published all of her writings, thus poetry to music. She shocked her family and herself when she completed a CD of spoken word entitled A Scent Just For Her. All of her writing gravitated to uplifting and encouraging people. When asked why, she simply replied, that's where my heart is. Antoinette tried for a year to get her novels to big publishing companies, but she was ignored time after time. However, she didn't let that stop her. She kept at it until finally she met someone who helped her and groomed her to become a self-published author. She is persistent and her family admires her for it. After being asked numerous of times by different people how to get started in writing and publishing a book, she started her own consulting company under the It's a Pleasure brand as a way to help other striving authors. Authors, that's the loving side we all admire. She is part of the organization Elks of the World, a brother and sisterhood that supports her writing. She has books to date. Her books to date are Let the Truth Be Told, Valuable 1 through 5. His Eyes Are on the Sparrow, comma, 1 through 2. And The Key to My Pain and The Way We See It. You can purchase these books on Amazon, Kindle, Audible. And she has printed ones available also. So let's jump right into it. Um, About... um being an author and because I was interested in writing a book and I contacted you through Facebook and that's how we formed a relationship there. So I'm just glad to be able to have you um, on the show today. So let's start off with what did your journey to becoming a full-time author look like? Well, it was difficult at first because I worked a full-time job and um, that was back in 2009, um, but I worked from home, so that helped me. And um, my supervisor knew that this was something that 
I was passionate about. So she actually worked with my schedule and I was able to, um, to work on my book in the day. And I spent a lot of nights up, <laughs> late nights up, I'm working on it. However, I knew this was my passion. So mm -hmm. this is what I, I had to do. Now, what I didn't say is in the beginning, when mm -hmm. I was not writing at all, I didn't know what my my passion was. I didn't know my purpose. Mm. I was just um, I was just existing. Right. I was sitting. It was a Sunday, and I saw Pastor Thompson in Baltimore. I was watching television, and he said, "If God can't use you, you might as well be dead." Mm. That scared the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> so. I asked God, you know, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do with my life? And believe it or not, that's when the writing, you know, really started. And I put everything else to the side. I put the, um, the art to the side. I put everything to the side. And I started focusing on writing poetry and um, writing novels. Hmm. So do you think that, um, I guess, like writing for you, um, was it like therapeutic? Was it like a healing process? I guess for you to get to um, the next step, you know, to figure out, okay, well, this is my purpose. This is my passion. Like, um, or, you know, did it start off as just like a hobby or? No, I didn't look at it like a hobby because after I, I asked God, what do you want from my life? Mm -hmm. It just hit me okay. that I had so much that was in my late forties and I had so much that I had gone through that it was time to give back. That's the, that's the message that I received in my spirit mm -hmm. that I had, it's time for me to share. So yes, my, um, most of my novels are, th are thought provoking, Okay, but there's a, they're all fiction with a twist of realness. Mm -hmm. So as I talk to people on my journey, I share their life stories as well as my own. A lot of my life story is in each book. <laughs> and do you, and do you think um, that that's like, um, I guess do you think that that's a good thing? Like that's basically like the realness of your writing because you can see yourself or other people in, um, you know, in that position, which will help to give you like more clarity, more focus and make it more truthful. So it, you know, it won't be 100% fiction. You know, you can take from different, um, I guess things that happen to you, different things that happen to people. Um, is that how you, you know, look at it? Or do you think that it's better just to kind of like come up with a story and then, um, add on to it as it go? Or, or is it better just to take kind of like real life accounts and then add on? Well, let me answer your first question. Okay. It's very therapeutic. Okay. I found it to be very therapeutic. Okay. And um, yes, I do take real life stories, people that I've talked to, and um, I put it to the fiction. The names have been changed mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to protect everyone. Right. But because I believe that everyone has gone through something mm -hmm. just you know and to share it with someone who may have gone through it as well mm -hmm. you would be surprised that no one's story is 
um, isolated. Okay. And I found through writing that people have read my book, Strangers, mm-hmm. that I've met at book signings, and they've said to me, this is my story. I saw myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I passed this book on to my daughter. I, I let my son read this book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helped them. Right. And that is what, for me, is all about. That's my, that's part of my journey. It has to help someone. Right. And I agree with that. Like, um, I think that's what, that's kind of what was tied into purpose and, um, you know, like your ministry. So do you believe like writing, um, books and, and, um, do you think that's like, that's your calling of ministry? Like you're ministering, you're ministering to, you know, a group of women, um, cause you predominantly write to women. Like usually your books are geared towards women, correct? No. Actually, I write to both. Okay. It may, it may seem like that because of the cover. Mm-hmm. And as I start to grow, um, I realize that I do need to, because um, um, three of my books have a man on it. Okay. So I do, um, I want to reach men and women mm-hmm. and, and younger people. So I'm, I'm gravitating to teenagers. Okay. Um, and yes, I do see it as a ministry. I I, t- I believe one hundred percent that this is my way of giving back. This is my way of being used in the kingdom. Mm, I totally I like that. believe that. Okay. And um, that's how you know. If I'm sorry, when I write my when I first started, I made a promise to myself. Mm-hmm that my characters would never be poor, mm. that God would get the glory in each and every book, no matter how it starts out. So someone could start reading my book like, I don't see it, I don't see it. But you will, by the end of the book, you will see how God came through. Right. How each person um, transformed mm. in every single book. I have tried to write outside of that. I've tried to write something that was sexual. Mm-hmm. I've tried to write something um, that would pull people in because it had sex and it had violence, it had drugs, it had, you know, and each time I sat down to write, I couldn't. It just would not come. And when I sat back and I thought about it, I thought, I think about the different um, artists that we see, and they said that they started out singing gospel and they tried to transition over to R&B, but they couldn't mm-hmm. because their heart was in the gospel. Right. And so when I heard that, you know, I, I, I realized that this is why I can't do it. You know, I've lived a life where I can write about that. <laughs> and um, however... That's not what God wants. He wants to. He wants me to show how I came through it. Right. So that's why I write the way that I do. Okay, I want to go back. So you said that you um you didn't want any of your characters to be poor. Why is that? Because I feel that um we are depicted African Americans. We are depicted in a in a way that's not flattering all the time. Okay. When you look at the news, mm-hmm. it doesn't show us flattering. Right. I feel like that we are shown um, 
They don't, it doesn't show our worth. And we are more than social services. Right. We are more than drug addicts. You know, we are more than uh, pastors because a lot of people look at, they have church hurt. And mm-hmm. so they look at pastors in a, um, in a negative light. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to show pastors in a positive light. I wanted to show redemption. I wanted to have a drug addict that's now a minister. I like that. Yes. Okay. I see. Okay. I wanted to put a spin on it because we do evolve. Right. And so um, I didn't want my people to start one way and end the same way. It has to be evolving. And so that's what I put in each book. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So... Basically, you want, like you said, you want to show that we are more than being destitute, being poor, um, you know, having a life of hurt and and dealing with crime and everything like that. So, yeah, I like that. I I think that's a, I didn't think about it like that. I think that's a good way of um, creating characters so people outside of African-Americans can know that our community has more to offer than what they're seen on the news or also what's depicted in different movies and music. So I like that. Okay. Thank you. So, um, now let's kind of get into like your journey. Okay. So you said your journey of how you became a full-time entrepreneur, but, um, how like, you know, it is for people that say we have someone that's listening and they want to be an author and they trying to figure out like, okay, how can they, put their books out there like should they you know do like um printing out books and then going maybe to like um which I see here a lot of times um people sell them at different supermarkets or they may you know just be walking around and just like selling their books in the mall or different places like that what do you think for someone what advice can you give to someone who's just starting out and they're trying to figure out what's the best way to um, get their book out and also try to um, start building an audience, a tribe? Okay, that's a great question. Um, now, the, the field of the profession of being an author is better for African Americans. Okay. Um, and I know you may have a wide audience. However, African Americans struggle to have a place in this market mm-hmm. um, versus our counterparts. So that's why I say that. Okay. So what I would say is marketing is the most important thing. And um, thankfully, Amazon has built a platform for self-published authors. And so has Barnes and Nobles. So I would say to a beginning author, definitely do your homework. Mm-hmm. Because when I started, I didn't have these type of ladders to climb up. So I basically had to take leaps and bounds to mm. get to where I am today. Okay. Um, marketing is definitely the biggest tool. And with um, when a person, when someone writes a book, they definitely want to get an editor. That's something that I didn't do in the beginning because I thought I could edit my own books. And I found that that is the biggest no-no. <laughs> <laughs> because, you, you know, you tend to fly past things that are, you know, that you may, that you may not pick up. So 
um, you want to also hire someone to do your covers. And I did that in the beginning. Um, and then, I, no, I made my own, which was a mistake. I made mm-hmm. my own covers. And then I ventured out and hired someone. And then I did the homework. Okay. And that's very important to do the homework. Because if you're really passionate about it, mm-hmm. you have to learn the ins and outs about it. You cannot be afraid to reach out and call someone. Okay. Um, I went to a, a venue with um, Rashonda Tate Billingsley, who has always been someone I admired since I was a teenager reading her books. Mm-hmm. And she gave us a lot of, um, it was all new authors um, at this event. And she gave us a lot of insight on what to do. So I would say, to, I'm going to pass the insight on. Okay. Always carry your books with you. Always have a backpack with your books in that backpack. So you can sell wherever you go. I like that. Okay. So like, you know how people say always carry your business card. You're saying always carry your book. Like that's your business card or that's like, that's, you know, what you're trying to sell. So always have that available. Okay. I like that. That's, I think that's a good idea. Keep them in your trunk. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you're not driving, put on a backpack when you get on the bus, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, wherever you are. Just right. make sure you have books on you available and and a business card to let people know that you are on Amazon. Okay. Um, I hired a PR person and um, it's called EDC and she has a magazine and I, I say this not just to promote her, okay. but before I did not want to um, get a PR person, but this PR person put me on the map. Before, you could Google Antoinette Davis and a whole bunch of other Antoinette Davis would come up. Mm-hmm. You could Google my book, it would not come up. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you can Google my books. I come up, my picture comes up. And that's important because Google is a big platform now. Right. So to, to tell someone you can Google me is a big thing. It is. And the one thing that I stress um, to new authors People are not going to take you serious. Your family is not going to take you serious. Your friends may not take you serious Mm -hmm. because they know you. And people tend to not take people serious that they know. And to give you an example, um, I can open up a clothing store and people may not come in, but Mm -hmm. they go into Macy's. Right. They're going to buy Michael Kors. Mm-hmm. They're going to buy. Uh, they're going to go to New York and Company. But because I'm available, you can reach out and touch me. It, it means that I'm not. I don't have any worth. Right. And people tend to think that people that they can't touch have more worth. Mm. So I would say to new authors, don't let that deter you. I have people say to me. Oh, girl, no one's going to read that book. You're not uh, Maya Angelou or you're not this. And it hurt me. I cried. I cried a many of days with people telling me, and this was people I knew, mm. that no one's going to buy it. That, you know, you're going to write one book and no one's going to, you know, this is something you're just going through a phase. Right. But then you will have people that believe in you. And I, I have to say, my, my mother and my grandmother, they believed in me. My children believed in me. I had friends and family members who believed in me, who helped me sell 
bookmarkers. They would take them on their job and planners and poetry books. They would help me. Mm-hmm. They would tell people on their job, you know, my, my cousin is an author. And they would buy my books. So you will have the pros and you will have the cons. What I would say to a new author, don't let the cons get in your head. If you see this as a hobby, then the, the cons won't get in your head. Right. If you see this as a passion, mm-hmm. the cons will get in your head, but focus on the pros. Focus on, this is my passion. Passions definitely come from above. Mm. Therefore, you can't question that. And you can't let other people put in your spirit that it can be questioned. Right. Wow, powerful. I definitely agree with that. And I definitely agree with the part um, about, you know, your family and your friends because um, with me being also being an entrepreneur, they will, you know, I've noticed a lot of times um, and I sell clothes and I've I've noticed that people will always want a discount. They don't want to pay. They don't they don't value you or your worth, you know. Um, so like you said, they'll rather go to a Macy's or another apartment store and they'll pay two hundred, three hundred dollars for something. And then if you're just asking for fifty dollars, seventy five dollars, then of course, you know, oh girl, why do you think that, you know, that should be that much? So I definitely agree with that. And it and it's sad that, you know, the people that we look to the most sometimes for support can be the ones who hurt us the most and turn their back on us and, you know, um, devalue or discredit our hard work and things that we are capable of doing. So um, I like that advice that you give to authors, and I think that that can go to anybody, you know, any entrepreneur, anyone who's trying to create something um, and just let them know to, you know, Basically, yes, know your worth, know your worth. That's the most important thing to know your worth and never, ever, ever dummy down or feel that you have to lower your prices to, um, to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Now I do get free giveaways Mm -hmm. because I'm a businesswoman and I understand that, you know, you, I can give free, um, giveaways. I actually gave away free, um, poetry books one day. I just got up and was writing. I saw people on a bus stop. Mm-hmm. I said, um, I'm an author. I write poetry and novels. Can I give you this free, um, poetry book? And I took pictures of them with the poetry book. I mean, I had about 300. That day I gave out about 50. So I do do free giveaways and not because, um, I don't value what I have. Mm-hmm. I did it because there are people that I may not be able to touch because I don't have the platform of getting a commercial on channel 11 or channel 13. So I don't have that platform. Right. What I do have is me. And therefore I can get out and that's my commercial. Mm-hmm. When I give out something free. Right. Um, when I go to events, I give out free bookmarkers. Mm-hmm. You know, I draw people in. And you. I would say to new entrepreneurs, period, you cannot be afraid to be successful. You cannot be afraid to be successful. I can't say that enough. Mm. Because people will, entrepreneurs will think, mm-hmm. I'm crazy to think that I can do this. 
Right. right. But do you think that that also plays into mindset? Because a lot, I will say this a lot of times, if you, a person that, say if you're a first generation entrepreneur and you never seen it done before, you've seen it on TV, but you never had a personal relationship with someone who was an entrepreneur. So, okay, say you get to, you know, mildly successful where uh, people, you know, your family and friends are buying your things or supporting you buying your books. Um, you might have some people in your neighborhood and maybe in Baltimore City, you're relatively known. Um, but then you want to start to branch out and you have the opportunity to do that. But because your mindset is limited and you, you know, you can't see as far as your hand can go, then you don't know. You're scared to take that leap of faith and you're scared of success. Do you think that that's um, what hinders a lot of people because their mindset and they're afraid? Okay. Absolutely. Um, that is definitely because you're not successful when your friends and family buy your product. Right. You're successful when right. people you don't know exactly. buy your Exactly. <laughs> 100. So, I don't know your name and I go on Amazon and see a review and I don't know these people. Right. And um, they're leaving reviews. That means that they purchased my book. When I go to book signings, and I go to, I, I schedule four book signings a year, and I go places that I've never been, and mm-hmm. I encourage people to to read my books, and I tell them what it's all about. Um, yes, we can stand in our way, and you have to get out of your comfort zone. You so if a person lives in in Baltimore, get out your comfort zone. You know, call different places and say, um, let me give you an example. When I wanted my book out there, and I went to this store called Expressions on Packer Street in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And the owner said to me, this is my very first book. And he said, "Um, no one's going to buy this book. Look at it. He said, look at all these books I have up here by Enjoy and Rashawn and Tate Billingsley, all these famous authors. What makes you think people want to buy your book? I literally could not speak. Mm. I took my book. I, I walked to the parking lot with my head down. It was Lexington Market parking lot. I got in my car and I cried. I cried all the way home. I turned my, my telephone ringer off. I didn't talk to anyone for two days. My mother was worried. No one knew what was going on with me. Right. And I cried and cried and cried. And I had a friend. And he came over and he said, I've been calling you. Why you haven't answered the phone? And I told him what happened. And he encouraged me. He said, you cannot let this. He was a person I never thought would Mm -hmm. encourage me. I just didn't even think he cared. Mm. He was a friend. But I still didn't think he cared. He encouraged me. And he told me, do not let this stand in your way. So when I pulled myself together, I called all my friends. I came up with the idea and I got it off of the internet. So I called all my friends and I told them to call that store to ask them, did they have my book? Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend even went down there and said, do you have a book by Antoinette Davis um, called um, His Eyes on a Sparrow? And he said, no. We flooded them with calls. I got everybody on my job to call. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people... So people were calling it. So the, the guy at the um, bookstore started looking for me. So I went back mm-hmm. like two months later. And I said, um, my name is Antoinette Davis, and I was in here a few months ago. And he said, what book have you written?
celebrating. And I told him, he said, oh, my God. People have been calling me. <laughs> I went online. I was trying to get your book, but you're a self-published author. And I had uh, um, book clubs calling here for your book. He said, how can I get your book in here? I, I didn't flip the script. Right. So I walked out of that store crying. I walked into that store with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. You have to be creative. I actually got that from someone off of um, off the internet, and my friends were they were willing to do it. I had no idea that my girlfriend was going to go down there and walk in the store and ask them did they have my book. And when they said no, she said I immediately turned around and walked out. I didn't even want another book. Wow. See, that's so, a good that's a good friend. You know, that's that's somebody that that you can count on, and and and. That whole thing that you did, that's definitely a form of guerrilla marketing. That's something that we learned in school. But that was awesome that, you know, even though you got it from off the Internet, that was awesome that you did that. And look what happened, how the tables turned. Right. So that's why I say never be afraid to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I allowed that bookstore to tear me down and keep me down because mm-hmm. it, it hurt. Right. When I say I cry, I, I, I didn't even have a voice. He literally took away my voice. Mm. And I had to remind myself as well why I started this journey. So now when I go to book signings, you know what I say to God? I don't care if I sell one. I take plane trips to get to these places. Mm-hmm. And I always say, if I sell one, I've done my job. Yep. And I have to catch a plane, and I catch a plane right back. So I do a turnaround in a day. So you do like a day trip, basically. Right. I plan a day trip. I leave out of BWI. I go to Boston. I go to um, South Carolina, and I go to Atlanta. Mm. And I literally uh, Googled African-American bookstores, and it came up a whole list. I called each one of them. Can I get my book in your store? Can I get my book in your store? And all of them said, you know, Sure. But, you know, you have to pay to have your book in here. And some people, that's a turnoff. Okay. I don't want to pay to have my book in your store. So mm-hmm. this is what I say. I don't have a brick and mortar. Right. And this is a part of marketing. So if I have to split 100% and give them 40 and I take 60 for them to display my book in their store, mm-hmm. I'm ahead. Right. Because that's marketing. Right. I can't be everywhere all the time. And this is something that wasn't told to me Mm -hmm. that platforms you do have to pay for. Just like interviews. I've had interviews that I've actually had to pay for at radio stations. Mm. Um, When I did an interview at Heaven 600, I would Mm -hmm. do an interview every time I had a new book come out. They would, would request for me to do that interview that I would, people may still hear it because I, I was told that it's still on Heaven 600. I would have to do a shout out to the radio station. Okay. Without, without marketing my book. So I would literally have to say, hi, this is Antoinette Davis. You're listening to Heaven 600. And my book wasn't even mentioned. And but did you have to pay for that? Of, I'm sorry? Did you have to pay for that to say that or no? No. But that was my way of paying, giving my name to a commercial. Okay. In order to do my interview. Mm. So to market, 
marketing is not free, but you have to be willing mm-hmm. to pay it because no one knows you. Right. No one knows who you are, what you've done, or what you what you're going to do. And it's so just. You, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so marketing is you can't. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to part one of the interview with Miss Antoinette Davis. Stay tuned for part two. Once again, you guys, please subscribe and like our podcast. Um, If you have an iPhone, please subscribe on Apple. You can subscribe on Google um, and Spotify. Leave us a review and um, please favorite our podcast on Anchor. That way you can hear all the new episodes once they come out. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Culture Kingdom Podcast. Thank you guys. See you next time.